welcome to episode four of Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast brought to you by me, Dan, your host for this evening. And with me, as always, are Ben and Steve. Hello, Ben and Steve. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it all going? Pretty good, thank you. How about you? Yeah, living the dream as ever. Steve? Yeah, no, good. Just trying to get through these mountain models. Mountain of models. Uh, if your mountain's any anything like mine, it uh, it seems to constantly increase without uh, without the painted pile increasing on a similar pace. <laughs> that endless balancing act. Well, I think it's uh, yeah, not not too much of a balancing act, like a a, a large person on a seesaw with no one on the other end. <laughs> but, uh, such is life. Um, collecting and buying is is part of the hobby, is is it not? So uh, we can uh, we can all we can all achieve something even if we don't have time to paint um so today in episode four uh what we're going to do is we're going to carry on from the homework of episode two as our, our main topic and talk about data sheets and synergies so we'll get on to that a little bit later uh because a fair amount has happened since we last recorded hasn't it yeah i mean what i thought was last episode i thought you were really good on that show steve oh thank you Episode three, yeah, dead good. I thought, I don't Steve, know, I thought I was to be good fair, as well. Steve's Steve's forty k <laughs> knowledge uh, really increased, didn't it? <laughs> very insightful. I thought I was. Yeah, I thought so. Sounded very different as well, but uh, I yeah. wasn't going to change anything. <laughs> no, it's good to hear a good to hear a different take on it. Really, getting a new guy in and. Um, Someone who's not used to, you know, YouTubers might know him very well in the battle reports and things like that, but the he's not really a, a podcasty type, I don't think he was. So uh, it was, was good to hear him his, on the show. That was his first first eighth edition podcast, he said. So um, that was Lawrence from Tabletop Tactics for uh, anyone that's somehow not listened to episode three. Um, if you haven't, go and listen to it after this. Um, hopefully, we'll have him back on the show at some point in in the future. Um, potentially after a sort of a, an event review, if, if for any events that we're we're all at together. Um, yeah, it was really interesting chat to him about the rules. It was a bit of a rule summary. Yeah, it taught me a bit because I'm still getting to grips with that. You know, old pro honest, AOS, I think not we so all much are. at 40k. I think we all are. You know, I, I played another game this weekend, and um, um, we, we had a couple of moments where we where we just sort of got to a certain point, and we sort of asked each other, "Oh, is is that how it works?" You know, I'd been playing something slightly differently, and uh, my uh, opponent Joel. Uh, had been playing something uh, differently, and, and we just kind of discussed it through. And we, we read the rule book, and, and like any game, these uh, you know, in a kind of um, in the initial stages of a new uh, edition, they do take slightly longer. In that you are always discussing or reading up rules and uh, checking stats, but uh, part of that is is learning, and it'll it'll get quicker, won't it? Yeah, yeah I think sure. I think for me, is and also you you kind of not only bring in old edition but we're bringing the other games we play and, and you initially just apply what you kind of know and actually then you read the rules out loud you kind of go no 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 it, it, it is like this so it, it's just getting that kind of getting to that comfort place where you go right i've got the core stuff now let's just let all the data sheets you know bring all the detail and bring all the depth yeah, definitely, and um, it's. I think it's that's why certainly when I went to Age of Sigma tournaments uh, and and forty k in previous editions forty k tournaments, I started learning a lot more about the game just in general because it's very very easy to get quite um, like local localized in your in your rule play in, in one's interpretation of the rules and and often you've. Uh, I've, I've I've faced opponents and I've been in similar situations where I've said, oh, that's not how I've played it before. 
and my opponent's just been like, "Well, that's that's you've been playing it wrong, I'm afraid," um, which is quite uh, quite interesting when you come up come up against rules that you be, you realise you've been playing slightly differently for the past six or twelve months or something. But uh, yeah, that's why it's important to play uh, play as many different people as possible. Absolutely. Anyway, on to on to the news. Uh, we've had um, some very exciting things, and uh, by the time this is released, we'll have the Fate of Conor website. Who's excited for the Fate of Conor? Yeah, well, me. I was more I was more excited for the Space Marine Codex, but as soon as you wanted to lead with Fate of Conor, you know, yeah, I'm excited about that one too. Well, I think I think <laughs> Space Marine Codex Space Marine Codex is is also very very exciting. Um, but you're I understand you're going to be talking about Space Marines later. Yeah, we're going to give it a go, aren't we? So I suppose yeah, we we, we might as well mention it. Yeah, small book kind of landed on our doorsteps, didn't it? Um, not really very important. So we'll we'll just talk about Conor for now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not even mention it on this episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, that is that is true. So with uh, along with Fate of Conor, which I think we're 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 all very excited about, and we'll be playing in our in our own clubs and uh, events. Um, yes, Space Marine Codex also out uh, tomorrow as this is released, uh, which is uh, yeah an amazing book. Some new things, some things we already knew. Uh, what's your uh, Ben? What's your favourite part so far? Uh, you know what? I've I got the book, and it, it's a weird one, really, because first thing I did was compare it to an Age of Sigmar book, and that's a really weird thing to do because it's it's a different thing entirely. Um, and I found it hard work compared to the Age of Sigmar books, the battle tomes, the, just reading it and getting to grips with it. However, once you do dig into it, there's some really cool stuff in there. Um, what I thought was really good was for someone like me coming into the game, um, I, I know what 40k is, I know what the background is, um, but it really addresses that. It really just lays it out really crystal clear, shows you what the space marines are, who they are, why they're all different. Um, does a great job of kind of summarizing all the differences between the you know, the different chapters and things like that in this, just the wider space marines as a whole. Um, so I think... I can't speak on how uh, a more advanced player would find it, but me being a total noob on this, but having a bit of background knowledge, once I got past the comparing it to a battle term in Edge of Sigma, which seems, I don't know, seemed a lot more user-friendly, a lot more easier to read and dig into, and once I got past that, um, I was really impressed with just the amount of stuff in the book, um, points, values, um, war scrolls, <laughs> I'm going to call them war scrolls, data slates, um, all that sort of thing, tons of artwork, it was just really cool, and it gave me the lowdown on kind of where the space marines are at the moment, and also where they've been over the past forty thousand years, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I liked it. There's there's a lot to like in there, really. Yeah, definitely. And the uh, certainly from if uh, if I can call myself an advanced player, I think it's it's reassuringly familiar. You've got you've got all the lore at the front, and you know, obviously, it's the up to date lore, uh, and it's concentrating on some cool. Um, successor chapters which haven't got uh, potentially as much exposure before for example the size of the emperor are in there um you've got yeah clearly a uh, a large concentration of uh, focus on the ultramarines as as uh, as is natural um but uh, there's still there's still plenty else in there for um for any other chapter uh, any other fans of other chapters um, and then it goes into some uh, brilliant f- photographic work on the uh, the centre bit um, sorry if you can hear me flicking through it right now um, <laughs> yes and oh, and obviously that you've got a bit more background on some of the new units like the repulsors and the aggressors and the redemptive dreadnoughts which is it was really nice to read a little bit more about them um, 
but I think one of my favourite parts was the uh, the artwork. I'm not, I'm not usually a Raven Guard fan, to be honest. It's a really cool artwork of some uh, Raven Guard uh, Reavers in there, and um, yeah, just really nice. Uh, now I'm not going to say oh, I'm going to do a Raven Guard army because uh, I know that's we all know you are. You don't need <laughs> yeah. to say no, it. no, no. I know that's the cliche damn thing to say, but um, yeah, they've. Um, They've really nailed that kind of black with gold, uh, gold yellow trim. Not not metallic gold, but a kind of you know deep yellow trim. Uh, and naturally, the uh, there's the Raven Guard Primaris Chaplain and Apothecary in there as well, which um, yeah, all in in various different schemes, looking very nice. When you talked about the artwork, some of the things I've noticed was it some of the pieces in there are really it really harks back to the early days of 40k. They're instantly recognisable um, for me being you know knowing the law from old um but they're also in the brand new style captain sicarus um page 98 is one of them commander of the ultramarines he's really striking he's a he's an old i don't know if he's an old character um i think he's been around a while oh yeah that, he is, yeah, yeah. With, with the headdress and the power sword shooting his bolt gun or his plasma pistol whatever it is i can't tell on the art um he's a he's that's a that's a really old style of picture but it's in the new kind of um the new kind of artwork um scheme or I, I don't know better way of putting it really it's the new style but it's in the old feel it's really weird it's hard for me to explain no, i think but, I, I know what you mean um, I, th- I think that that um that image is probably an addition or two old maybe maybe it came out on the last book i recognize it or i think there's a lot of games workshop art that people have sort of said it's going a bit cartoony um and i think that you know you've got a, a couple of bits of art which are kind of of that style in the book um but you've still got plenty of that really kind of grim dark gritty artwork as well uh, so there is definitely a balance i think the other thing ben for you to you know you're saying at first glance there was a lot going on i mean to be fair this is you know this book covers a thousand space moon chapters technically <laughs> but <laughs> the, the cool thing is that we've now got uh, not only warlord traits that are specific we've got new stratagems for how you can do it you've got uh, relics even for um, special characters so for me what you've got there is you've got either the ability to you know build your army around certain stratagems some um traits and what that means is that there's just not one army in that book by any stretch even before you want to choose you know the the background because you know you love salamanders just saying but you know if there's 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 so much more even from that kickoff point as to what units you take and how you can influence them so yeah it's 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 more than one army chapter yeah i mean tactics as well uh, um, relics and warlord traits and stratagems rather yeah, it's packed full. And I think that may be, um, coming into it as a, a 40k noob, that may be one of the things that is really like, wow, there's a lot to take in here. Yeah, I suppose you, you have picked up the, uh, you know, the the flagship codex. So this is this is Codex Space Marines, you know. I don't think there's there'll be another book. Um, you know, there's a reason why this is first. This is this is the big the big headline book. Um you know, clearly, if you're not a Space Marine player, it's, it's it's not the headline book. But um, Space Marines are are the the poster boys of um, of 40k. You know that they are very much they represent 40k. I think they're very much the kind of look and feel. Um, so it's it's right rightly so that this is first, but also um, 
is going to be understandably bigger and uh, packed full of stuff. Whereas, you know, something like the Mechanicus book might be slightly, you know, slightly thinner, uh, maybe cost less even, um, you know, will, will be probably combined with the Skitarii. Uh, you know, previous in previous editions, they've had separate books. Uh, so I think we'll see a kind of a combined book there uh, in the future, hopefully the near future. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that'll be as big as this book. But but we'll still contain you know all the unit strategies, wall or traits, etc. Um, we shall see. Um, I think the exciting thing as well that we've got sort of visibility of is that you know coming soon will be um, Chaos Marines, Chaos Trade to Marines, whatever they're called. Uh, but we've also got a specific book on its way, just for the Death Guard. Yeah, absolutely, and that's quite that's quite exciting because. For example, this chaos. Uh, sorry, this chaos. Um, this uh, codex space marines doesn't have any um, rules for blood angels or uh, space wolves and dark angels, and, and rightly so. They 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 deserve their own their own codex. So, you know, especially blood angels. You know, I'm not sure whether space wolves really deserve their own book. You know, they're just uh, long haired <laughs> space marines. But um, uh, blood angels, yeah, they might be long haired, but they're long haired, good looking space marines. So they definitely deserve their own. You know, jump pack, uh, jump pack infused book of their own um and you know and more models um special rules uh, probably twice as many relics but um but hey this is you know we like to keep this unbiased so um yeah uh-huh. uh, yeah so as you say death guard um yeah it's cool that there's a, a faction specific codex coming out and uh hopefully we'll see that we'll see that for you know dark angels space walls and, and blood angels in fact i think games workshop have said um they have said they're going to be releasing codexes in one of their warhammer community posts recently haven't they yeah i think it was something about is it 10 before christmas <laughs> which is wow you know, yeah that's 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 painful on the wallet isn't it my wallet and body are ready <laughs> is this is this why the share price is 15 quid or whatever it is <laughs> Yeah, bye, bye, bye. Or should have bought two years ago. Ah, oh, dear. Anyway, so that's Space Marines. And we're not going to do um, a full review of it now, um, although we did kind of, um, you know, give a brief taster there. Uh, Ben's going to be talking a little bit about Space Marines later, and um, we will inevitably do a, a, a full episode where we, we dig into a few of the units, the stratagems, the traits, etc. Um, so there will be a Space Marine-specific episode coming up soon. Um, so going back to Fate of Conal... Um, as Sorry, I said, Dan. I know he's really looking forward to Fate Conal. I totally sidetracked you, didn't I? That's all right. Not no dramas at all. I'm uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm probably more excited about Space Marines, but um, uh, it's not on my show notes in, in, in order. So you know, I, I, I'm a man of uh, I'm a man of order and lists. So uh, what, what I'll can press, I say? I'll press my mute button for a while. No, no, no. Please, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, I think I think the listeners will have wanted to hear about the Space Marines, Ben. Uh, you, you're right. You're right. Um, but anyway, on to third time lucky. Um, on to the fate of Conor. Ben, anything to say? Excellent. Um, on to the fate of Conor. The fate of Conor is a global campaign, and it's only a week away, according to the website, uh, which means it's only released yesterday, well, by the time it arrives. Um so yes very exciting online campaign global campaign uh you can fight for imperium you can fight for chaos or if you are a xenos race you can kind of uh degrade or improve the whichever side score uh ben which uh which side will you i assume you'll be fighting for the imperium yeah that's right with uh, with your space marine good boy in blue 
good boy in blue our spiritual leeches aren't you um and so steve now will you be fighting as chaos for chaos or as a xenos for and against someone else uh well the, the, my orc arm is still being built but that would be ready to game if not painted um but i am enjoying the sisters models i've got at the moment so i think there needs to be a discussion between me and my son confusingly called also called ben um as to how we want to play this and maybe we'll play a bit of both but um the campaign's just super wide and you know we can chuck anything at it and i'm gonna say orcs because i want to get them done so that would make me make them ready for next week there you go i've said it Mm-hmm. There we go. Commitment and consistency. There, you're gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to get your orcs ready. Yes, I've just loaded it up. So mission one is invasion, and so it's got a deployment map. It's got uh, some scenario rules. It's got a scenario specific stratagem, suppressing fire. So yeah, that's very cool. And I suspect we'll see uh, every week a new a new mission to play, so that you can you know go down to your local gaming club or play with your local group whatever it is uh, that's very very exciting um Which i myself you on, Dan? i will be uh certainly for the first game i will be fighting uh with chaos for chaos um and uh, i will be uh fighting against gary hennessy of the triumvirate podcast Ooh. on friday on the day of release so he doesn't know this and uh uh, well, well no, he knock knows his, he knows we're having door. a game <laughs> i'm not okay. just um, turning up friday morning gary hi um uh get dressed we're playing warhammer um no no uh he um uh he and i are and, uh, and a bunch of others are going to the element games grand slam and age of sigma tournament this weekend uh so saturday and sunday we're going to be throwing dice and playing aos and on friday we're meeting up and playing some uh some 40k and some board games etc um Gary is borrowing one of my armies, so he's borrowing my Blood Angels, uh, and this is uh, an army that uh, I have lost 100% of the games I've played with, so I will be giving it to him. And as I say, he doesn't know what army I'm bringing, and I'm releasing this after or hopefully during our game so he won't know what the list is but it's four nights suitably tweaked to kill blood angels (laughs) (laughs) no it's not tailored but it is four nights so uh uh, it's four nights and that's it that's it although there is a warp smith um which i started making uh until i then realized that actually the warp smith's special rule doesn't actually work with with imperial knights because they're not legion vehicles but whatever, whatever, it's it's fluffy. Maybe I'll change it. Um, but it's four nights, so I'll, they'll be uploading. We'll be uploading uh, pictures of the game onto our shiny new Instagram page, as well as uh, Twitter, obviously, and our shiny new Facebook page. Uh, more on which talk, later at the end. Dan, talk to me about these four night lists because I see these online a fair amount, um, and I'm not into the like competitive list building 40k scene just yet. Um, However, I'm totally aware that lists like this don't tend to have, you know, not very really long-legged, are they? You know, they don't, they don't compete in all aspects of the game and they don't win all the battle plans and scenarios and things like that. So talk to me about this list. Is is it different or is it similar to a, a equally gimmicky, like a, a multiple Stonehorn list in, in Age of Sigmar? So, yeah, a little bit of background on the list. Um, For a a tournament called Bristol Vanquish, uh, which was a big tournament in the south of England, 40k uh, during sort of 6th and 7th and and I think before, um, 
I made this army for a friend who was, uh, you know, I, I wanted to build it for me, but I, I got it done so he could play because um, he didn't have an army. I was working on, I was building a knight. I really enjoyed building it because I converted it to chaos. And then I had this idea of creating a four knight army uh, where each knight was converted to kind of be the, the representative of uh, of the Chaos Gods. So there is a Corn Knight, there's a Nurgle Knight, a Slanesh Knight, and a Zinch Knight, um, all of which have been uh, converted to try and represent this knight. So, for example, the, the Zinch Knight, the the head, is the split two heads of Gowrach, the uh, the Zinch Dragon, and it's got Gowrach's uh, wings sprouting out the top of the exhaust ports and stuff like that, you know. So um, it's quite a cool... Uh, looking army on tabletop, if I do say so myself, um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's got a reason, it's got a bit of background to it, um, but a bit of context to knights in general. They were very very strong when they first came out uh, in previous editions, and uh, whether it's any good in eighth, it's yet remains to be seen. Um, but I think. 8th has addressed some of the issues where super heavies were dominating the, the, the you know the tables um, so I don't think it will be as strong as it potentially used to be um, but still I don't think My Blood Angels Army is um, is uh, really prepared for it but we'll see. Either way I hope to chalk one up to chaos and uh, crush Gary relentlessly Yeah, battle of the podcasts exactly. suitably weighted Exactly, <laughs> I might even uh, yeah I might even, you know, not give him. Don't lose, man. I'll give Don't. him. I'll Do give him. Not lose. I'll just be like, oh, sorry, Gary. Um, I seem to have only armed my blood angels with flamers, and I, I, I must have left all the melter guns at home. Uh, my bad. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll be spitting feathers when he inevitably, like, you know, completely smashes me. Again, it depends how you play. I mean, because when you've got big bits of armor, if you focus the first couple of turns taking away somebody's anti-armor options then it becomes a bit of a no game doesn't it so you can just make it fun between the two of you having a good laugh and a good game it doesn't have to be win at all costs does it oh not at all and you know to and and if it goes if it does rapidly go very very downhill to you know i'm you know giving all the big big chat now like oh yeah i'm gonna smash them around but you know if if uh, if three of my knights explode on game on turn one for some for whatever reason, uh, then I'm sure we'll have a good game out of it. Or, or if if the the full infantry uh, jump pack blood angels army just just really doesn't have a chance, we'll just we'll just recycle some units and say you know some some reinforcements have come on or something like that. We'll, we'll make a good game of it. Um, yeah. Regardless, you know, so uh, so hopefully it'll be fun. But as I say, we'll be we'll be posting up some um, some pictures on Friday uh, on the Twitter and the, uh, on the Twitters on the Twitters and the uh, the Instagrams and the uh, the book book of faces. Uh, so yeah, there we go. So that's kind of fate of Conor and Imperial Knights uh, slash Chaos Knights in, in one. Talking of slightly overpowered armies or or not so much anymore. Have we all seen the uh, the flyer nerf in the new FAQ? So I've seen it. I'm. I don't know if I'm really happy about the concept of it or, like, really worried what it means. Um, did, you, did you, it, did you understand think... the reasoning? Did you, did you see the <laughs> Yeah, list? yeah, so I get, I get it. It doesn't matter what the rule is. It, regardless, it's like a, a loophole's been found. People are bringing a thing to take advantage of it. And not only are they bringing it a bit, they're just jumping wholeheartedly into the breach. Um, and it's been closed. And... That's sent a clear signal now is if you want to paint a thousand of this man because it's the best man, don't expect to bring it to the next tournament as well and don't moan about it because you, you know there's a precedent now. Um, however, on the flip side of that, 
people have been in bolt models and painted them just based on the rules that are published and in the book and now they're gone so it, i see both sides of it yeah i can see i can see the devil's advocate argument there of um you know what if i've gone out and bought four storm ravens just because this list was amazing and i wanted to win at toy soldiers but if games Workshop, i don't think games workshop are necessarily responding like this because because the meta's broken and they want to fundamentally change it i think they just they they've released a game and the game wasn't designed to be like that and they've just said that's not we want that's not what we wanted eighth to be like and if yep. if flyers are going to if if on you know we're only on month two or three of release um if already that list is 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 you know taking that many names then then there was an issue there um which is a shame if yes if you have gone out and bought uh bought storm ravens um but uh i suspect that there will be there'll be um you know other, other things for people to take advantage of and, and tune and you know look for efficiencies um equally um i think i've had a few people on twitter say oh that's a big shame because i was looking forward to doing a you know a death squadron orc flyer list or you know maybe if you're an elysian player that's probably a a slight hit because you know part a large contingent of your army might have been flyers there um that said it is obviously only matched play um and not all you know not all match plays born is born equal you know there's there's one thing match play at a tournament but you can still play a competitive you know in inverted commas match play style uh, game at your local club and just say hey i want to use all flyers and all orc flyers um you know it's not the storm raven list would you mind if we if we just house ruled it for this game and and to include them and you know that's it's your hobby it's uh you our hobby their world as they say you know they've they've given us the toolbox and the sandbox to use and it's up to you and your opponent to, to make the best of it um it's just yes you won't be taking that list to the tournament and and, and winning as much as you thought you might steve what do you think you're obviously uh quite into the narrative side of the game i mean i think it just comes down to intent again that you know if if both players come together and say i have got this i want to play it you you can just talk it through and just say okay well how are we going to make this work so that it's a game for both of us and you know i i would say that's true of anything and everything if the intent is to play match play and play at the you know the top level so you know we're not going to say well you know have some reserves because it's it's not going quite right or don't worry re-roll that because you failed that charge nine times in a row then if you know if you're going to play at that level then you play at that level and i and i think if there is something that's not quite right then yeah, it does need to be looked at. Otherwise, at that level, it will get changed by, you know, independent scene anyway, because, you, you know, you, otherwise everyone brings it. I mean, one thing I would say is that if somebody's that keen to gone out and bought all the stuff, they're probably that type of hobbyist that will always be chasing the meta, as they say, or be chasing the, 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 the latest best thing. And I think the other thing is what we've everyone's got to be really clear on is that we've got the index books, which are great, but they are just the bare bones of what we're now seeing coming from the codexes. So even yeah, something that got... right now looks amazing, who knows, to the codexes down the line, will have 
skewed and changed yeah, yet again. Absolutely, absolutely. If you've got if you've got an absolute um, face kicking list from an index book, uh, and your codex is on the horizon, be prepared for some disappointment. You know, and that's you know that's not that's not being brutal. I think that the Games Workshop have given us these these means to use all of our toys now, um, but those were never the concrete codexes um and it's subject to change and and that and that change that change may arrive at any moment you know if they release uh, the chapter approved books uh then then you might see a, a yearly change in the same manner of um of the general's handbook for you know 2017's on the horizon isn't it so yeah i think i think we, we've all got to be prepared for a much more fluid kind of world now that things will be changing and they'll be growing and um you know, we, we can join units and you know buy a unit here, and that can work with those or work with another army. You know, I, th- I, th- I think that kind of I've got a book, I've got a list, I've got a thousand or two thousand points in my box. I don't see that as being how the game's being structured. And to be honest, that's not how I've played the game. So for me, these changes aren't such big shakes. But you know, I do understand people play this game in lots of different ways. Yeah, we've always been a, always been an inclusive podcast. We like to think. Uh, so if you are a Storm Raven fanatic or a Cloud Pigeon or a Tempest mm. Tempest Parrot or you know whatever <laughs> just happened uh, the other day on Twitter, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but yeah, if you if you are a big fan of Storm Ravens, write in. Are you are you angry? Have you been affected by this FAQ? Um, <laughs> Have you kept your seat for those Storm Ravens? Did you keep them keep them set of fame, or are you are you now upset? Um, you know, because clearly we're you know Ben's Ben's obviously has made his point, but but Steve and I seem to be relatively uh, relatively aligned. Um, maybe we're missing a point. Maybe we're missing the point. Should should Games Workshop be be changing things this quickly? So so write into us um, and uh, get a, get us on Twitter or, or the e- email, which is Ashes of the Imperium at gmail dot com. Um, let us know. So uh, answers yeah. on a postcard. Answers on a postcard. <laughs> answers on a Storm Raven focused postcard. Um, <laughs> lastly, before we go on to a little bit on a brief uh, hobby progress summary, Forge World have. Uh, I think this is one of their first forty k uh, specific um, models in a long time, uh, and it is the uh, the Gabriel Angelos Chapter Master from the Dawn of War series. Have you guys played Dawn of War, Ben? Not for a long time. Steve? Yeah, I played a lot of the first ones, um, and then my son played a lot of the later ones. Um, Well, the first one was obviously the best one, so... Yes, well, I'd say that because I was old, isn't it? So, but... Does that mean mean I'm I'm now considered in the old category as well, rather than your son who is in the young and hip category? I bet he uses (laughs) the Snapchat as well. Uh, I wouldn't want to find out. Thank you very much. Is this the, like when people say, on the Facebooks, it's now on the (laughs) Snapchat? (laughs) I I did also say that earlier, yes. Um, So uh, I was hoping to say it with a sense of irony, but probably not. Um, Yeah, very cool model. Very cool model. He's uh, got a massive Thunder Hammer. Uh, In fact, it's not a Thunder Hammer, is it? It's a Demon Hammer. Um, God Splitter, which uh, I do do remember smashing a few demon faces in in the games with. Um, but yeah, you know, do we think we're going to see? Is now a good time to be a uh, a Blood Ravens player? Are we going to see some Forge World Blood Ravens specific chapter upgrades and torsos and stuff like that? Oh dear, I was hoping to dodge all that. That was all that's that actually was that's actually 30K. a good idea. So, got got some models, hasn't it? Anyone who's played the game. 
sees there's a new 40k, thinks, oh, I enjoyed the game, never played 40k though, gets in, oh, I could have the models from the game. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh, intercessor upgrade kits for the Blood Ravens chapters on the horizon from Forge World. Calling it now. We'll see. Yeah, makes sense. Another makes sense. interesting point on Blood uh, Blood Ravens is what successor chapter are they from? Does anybody know? No idea. Mm. I'm the wrong person to ask. Oh well, no, no, that's the whole point. Nobody oh, is this knows. A thing? Do, no one Yeah. Maybe they're one of the missing ones. Or are there any previous groups of space marines who's have a a, a psychic heavy knowledge focused quest? Hmm? Mm, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not confirmed. Heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, obviously there, there there is a there is a very uh, um, suggested link to the Thousand Suns uh, from uh, from the the, the, the Blood Ravens, uh, which is very cool. But like anything, not knowing is the fun part, isn't it? Not knowing is uh, is where no, we that is not fun. No, it is. It is. <laughs> it is because you can you can let your you can let your imaginations run right, and you can you know like the two missing Space Marine Legions. We, we I don't I don't really want to know the true answers, but I like that there's these little snippets and these little teasers, and um, it just adds to the richness of the lore. Um, and more importantly, from a gaming perspective, if you're looking for uh, an army to paint or looking for a chapter to choose that will allow you to use any of those fancy new chapter tactics, then maybe Blood Ravens for you because because they don't have a um, successor chapter uh, confirmed link. You can use them as whatever you like. So you can game yourself up to the max and uh, pick whatever suits your meta. Or well, what you want to try. I mean, I think that's the other flip side of that is, you know, without sort of painting yourself into a corner literally you can you can explore different options and different builds and different stratagems and, and see what they all do so i think i think that openness is is great and i, I applaud it yeah sure steve whatever you power gamer <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, subject of picking a chapter and things like that success chapters um i've seen uh, it's steve from the, the cardiff store oh, manager yeah. on this at steve oc on twitter He's painting a lovely um, set of marines. I don't know. I don't actually know what chapter they are, um, but they're like a. It's almost like the 2017 Space Marine. It's gunmetal grey with red trim. It's like a a transit van or a, <laughs> a VW Transporter. It's such a such an, an Audi colour, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very a very modern colour scheme. I think it's like. Um, yeah, a real, real striking combo between grey and grey and red. Really nice. I've, I've not. What's his, what's his um, uh, Twitter handle? I'll, I'll check them out. At Steve Osi, and he's the manager of the Cardiff store. Ah, gotcha. Fair enough. Well, uh, I can't help because I've not. I don't think I've seen those. Otherwise, I'd, uh, um, I'll tell you which chapter they're from, or maybe they're a homebrew. Yeah, I, I, he did say um, on Twitter which ones there were. Um, a successor chapter this or that or something oh, but yeah gotcha. really cool very cool that's nice that's nice right before we uh well there's also one very small bit of news which hopefully you will have noticed now and that is that steve has a new microphone <laughs> so hopefully you can hear steve's dulcet tones the richness the richness of that you know radio 4 presenter voice coming through into your ear holes um because we we yeah we got a little bit of feedback on on steve's terrible mic uh, so we bullied him into uh, buying a nice new one. 
so hopefully that has uh, come through um as always with feedback um we are obviously uh, on episode four um and whilst we've done a little bit of podcasting before some of us more than others um we are new to the 40k podcasting scene so if you do have any feedback or any um you know if you think we're a five-star review uh, podcast then cracking leave us an itunes review by all means but if if you don't and you think there's something we can do better then uh, get in touch and we'll uh, we'll force steve to buy more expensive things to to make us better <laughs> uh, hopefully we can just throw money at the problem and uh, fix it <laughs> Just a note on the reviews. If you um, if you're listening on a, an iPhone, you can just take out your podcast app and you can leave a review from right in the app um, where you're listening to us. Um, there you go. Top tip. Top tip. Do that top tip, but only if it's five stars. Clearly. <laughs> um, right. So the, very briefly on uh, hobby progress, because otherwise we'll be here all day talking about uh, all things uh, Warhammer. Um, Steve, what have you been up to in the world of hobby? So apart from being distracted by Sisters of Battle, of which I have some painted um, and some that need stripping, I bought a friend. Um, And again, being distracted by the fact that I'm looking in the book, I'm seeing things have moved around a little bit, penitent engines are no longer uh, Satoria, so they're now under... Storeroom and those combinations. So, you know, just just that kind of constant list building, and not not to be power, but to what does works with what what how is it structured now? Um, so, so from apart from that virtual hobby, uh, what I have been doing is building my killer cans. So this is my army, my new army for new forty k. Never used them before. Never played orcs. I played against them plenty of times. Um, but wanted to do something something different and new and sort of challenge myself to do something mainly robots because who doesn't love robots? I love um, robots. So, but being me and challenging myself, I had to come up with something a little bit different. So the idea is that the grots that get wired into the killer cans decided they no longer want to be oppressed by the orc overlords. So they have uh, formed a committee, they've had a revolution, and they have revolted. The Grots are revolting, and they have now splintered themselves off. So the Grots no longer wired into their killer cans. But the good news is they also now get to drive the dreads, the death dreads, the mecha dreads. Um, So... They are now their own force. They're their own force in their own right. And to kind of reflect that, um, I wanted to put kit bags on the cans. I wanted the cans to be um, looking like they've you know they've splintered, they've moved off, so they carry their own ammo, they carry their own fuel. Um, they've also stripped off all the iconography, the Gork and Mork iconography, so that it's, it's all been stripped away. They, they've they've abandoned that. It's now. Uh, I assume you've got some fancy new insignia to replace it with. We certainly have. Um, we've got a, a sort of hammer and sort of cog sickle effect. A hammer and chopper? <laughs> that sort of thing, yeah. So we've got some insignia to go on there. Um, so what the challenge is, though, that by kit bashing models and by um, maybe some of the, the 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 weapon systems on the killer cans i wanted to just maybe swap around a bit and make a bit different um 
and also maybe the posability because they kind of have at the moment this sort of like slightly squatty knees poking out kind of pose so but by reversing the legs and then extending some of the pistons they can stand a bit taller and by standing a bit taller you can get more articulation in them so now I've got one that's kneeling with like a sniper rifle and I've got one kind of twisted like he's flaming. So the challenge is that's good fun to do, but also takes a while for each model, um, adding radio whip aerials, that kind of stuff. And then drilling out some of the, because all the killer cans are sealed, so I'm drilling out those and then replacing them with guard hatches. So I can have some grots poking out the top with telescopes and um headsets and all that stuff so they hopefully will look interesting and a little bit different from what you see um ultimately they're still going to play off the same data sheets um until i build up enough stuff that maybe the people i play against might be slightly customized i mean the challenge is that the stats for the killer cans are fine because that's got grots on board but when you start looking at the death dreads which are traditionally manned and crewed by orcs we just see the stats slightly change because obviously grots are slightly better at shooting and so, terrible so at fighting. What, what you're saying there, Steve, is is for the purposes of narrative, you need to increase the ballistic skill of your uh, of your traditionally <laughs> orc based vehicles. Is that is that that's kind of what I'm getting there? Because I heard well, I heard I heard a lot of fluff. I heard a lot of uh, bump about grots and cans, but all I'm hearing is that you're going to be running an orc army with more ballistic skill. Yeah. I was going to slip that in very quickly at the end, but you you have called me. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So I thought Ben was the power gamer, but you're showing your true colours now. Just because you got a new microphone doesn't mean you can start <laughs> pushing me weight around. Steve, can you write me a story about how my Redemptor Dread has been taken over by the tail, please? <laughs> <laughs> Need some marker light support, does it? That's the one. Exactly. The Reavers are testing out a new uh, a new Imperium technology called marker lights, and it allows you to uh, ignore the benefits of cover or something like that, right? <laughs> yep. Ladies and gentlemen, this is narrative gaming at its best. Well done, Steve. <laughs> Ruining the everybody. Ruining everybody's hobby. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, my hobby has been building these. I shall start sharing a few on Twitter over the next few days. Um, there's nine to do. I think I'm four in um so but yeah i'm really enjoying doing them and looking forward to to painting them that sounds like a really cool army and yeah any army with loads of cool conversions and a bit of a, a unique twist to it will really stand out on the tabletop won't it that's the plan yeah i mean i i think a few games i've had with them um there are some challenges because obviously there's no blocks of infantry there's no squads of infantry to hide in cover you know they're hard to hide especially the dreads especially the mecha dread which is just a fantastic kit um and actually pretty handy i was quite pleased with that is this um, the, especially... the, the forge world mecha dread rather than the uh the the big dread the mega dread yeah so the the, the stu- there's two but, kits oh, there's that... a death dread isn't there that's right the death dread the mega dread and the mecha dread yes it's a lot so, of the same letters lots of dreads <laughs> yes lots of dreads so yeah the the, the mecha dread is the, the the two kits that forge would make are the mega dread and the mecha dread uh they used to have two separate two separate rule sets but they've now come together as as one so the two options that you had before for the weapon choices are now just represented uh, on the on the same scroll yeah. or the same sheet so, rather so you can build two variants mm-hmm. so 
the shunter weapon was one of the, the big things, um, which was kind of like a a, a, a big energy um, pulse thing that would knock you down or stop you moving. Um, you can still build those variations. They just sit under one data sheet now rather than being um, two separate ones. But, yeah, I mean, you're not going to hide that behind anything, you know, so, you know, it, it, it becomes a target. Um but yeah, it's a great kit. I mean, just stunning. There's nothing to kit bash on that. I mean, it's it, it's just good to go. Cool. What about yourself, Ben? Okay, so tell me what counselors do in hobby. Um, uh, buying things. <laughs> cool. That's good. That's good. Setting up the hobby room. Setting up the hobby room. I've done a bit of that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. We've done that. So um, tidying your hobby desk once you've set it up. Yep. Yeah, I find myself doing a lot of that, strangely. <laughs> yeah, uh, so no, all jokes aside, I have been doing a bit, but I've been moving house as well. So since we last recorded, um, I'm actually recording at a new house entirely, which is quite cool. Um, so I've got the new hobby studio, painting area, podcasting area set up, um, and I've I've built a Redemptor Dread. It arrived through the post um, out of the blue. I didn't, didn't know we'd be getting anything. Um, so yeah, turned up that and the Space Marine Codex last week. So I thought, well, that's my homework sorted because Dan gave me some homework. Next episode, find something to add to my Primaris starter. So the Redemptor Dread turned up and um, filled that spot nicely. And actually, that was kind of the, the route I was looking into anyway. Um, but we'll, we'll talk more on that later. But that's been my hobby. So I've built this guy. Um, and what's cool about the kit, and having not built 40K stuff for a long time, I don't know if this is a thing or not. So the weapon options are all like interchangeable. So you don't have to just glue it together as one. So they've, you've got the, the heavy onslaught Gatling cannon. Um, but the piece that glues into the arm, you actually get two of that piece. So I was you can... really, really surprised by that because you don't always... Because yeah. quite often you get, you know, for example, like with Imperial Knights... Uh, on that, that kit, you have to choose because there's a certain bit of kit that that has to, to go into you know a piston that only only there's only one of. Um, whereas yeah, that's this exactly has got three cogs, it? hasn't it? Uh, two it's cogs got, rather. It's got this little this little cog number like eight sixty eight or something, and I thought that'd be the one Nerd. piece. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know because I was posting a reply on Facebook this morning about someone asking that very question, so I sent him a photo of um, what I'd done. Uh, but yeah, the, that one piece, which is the like the joining bit where the arm meets the weapon, you actually get two of. So when you build two weapons, you get two of that joining piece. And to be honest, it's tight enough fit, especially once you've if you if you assemble them separate and spray paint them, um, the extra layer of paint on it will make it a real snug fit. So you, I don't even think you need a magnet on it. You can just push it in, and it'll it'll hang quite nicely. So yeah, that's I built that guy. Um, I built him as all the dice, basically. Um, <laughs> I built him with the, both the Gatling cannons, so that the heavy and the smaller, um, just buckets of dice is the way to go. I don't know if it is the way to go, but it's the way I want to go. Um, I also made him bendy, so there's options on it to keep the joints flexible. So on the, the gun arm, um, it kind of moves in and out, like flappy chicken wing, you know. 
um, and then moves up and down. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very very articulated, which I thought was very cool at first. But I have this e- this very evening glued him in, in per- place. A because I was about to spray him and paint him, and I kind of wanted to understand how I was going to pose him. Um, but also, it was very cool because, for example, the left arm with the fist and the smaller weapon underslung, it moves at the shoulder. It moves at the kind of lower elbow. And then it moves again almost at the wrist, doesn't it? So yeah, three so there's three movements on that one. And it made it a nightmare to assemble. What I really missed was taking the front of the dreadnought, putting some glue around it, sticking it on the back of the dreadnought, and it all being built. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this took a long time to... Because, yeah, this... It did, yeah. It took a long time to build, didn't it? it it's not that... The, the actual building wasn't the problem. It was literally... So, as you've just said, so there's three... Um, Three non-gluing points on that, um, I suppose, the left arm with a fist. There's another two on the right arm. Um, and then there's, in fact, there's not. There's there's another three on the right arm because, okay, let's get this right. So on the left arm, there's the wrist. There's kind of the shoulder. And then there's another one, which I've actually glued um, accidentally. Um, so that's three. But then there's where the arm meets the body as well. So that's four on that one arm. Then on the other arm... There's where the arm meets the body. There's the shoulder again, so that's four, five, six. And then there's where the gun hangs, so that's seven. There's the second gun, if you want to replace that, so that's eight. And then there's the waist, so that's nine. Um, and then there is, um, is it one, two points on each leg. 10, 11, 12, 13 points, which you're supposed to glue but not glue. So you glue around uh, an area which is left with no glue and trapped um, so it can then pivot and that is super fiddly and what you end up with a net result of is it all glued into place um but being highly poseable uh, before you've put the final glue in i suppose or you can leave it floppy and i think they'll all just end up i think the, the joints will be too loose eventually if you leave it like that so i, I don't know it's having the last few armies I've built been kind of Stormcast, where it's particularly starter set stuff, where it clips together. And then the Primaris starter, um, where it's almost push fit. You don't really need much glue at all. And then going on to this, where it's kind of just a modeler's dream, but it's kind of just uh, someone who wants to get the models out, paint them quick and play. It is a complete nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun to build. I'd, I built it in two sittings over a weekend kind of an hour or two each um and it's on the painted table i was going to spray it blue this evening but um i couldn't find my blue spray moving house it's packed somewhere oh, it might I feel, be my last I feel house. Pain on that. <laughs> yeah yeah i've lost a lot of things <laughs> yeah i did so, my two sittings as well the other thing i've done is fully embrace the dry brush um i'm not edge highlighting my marines I think I might, might, big might, edge highlight the heads and the like the greaves and things like that just a little bit and maybe the same on the characters, but the dry brush is the way to go for me, definitely. Good. It's the only way it's getting painted. And it's in my, I've got a cabinet in my new hobby room. The army in the cabinet where it's been dry brushed with a, um, a lot of white in the blue to really pick up the edges with the dry brush, it looks great. Once it's in the cabinet and I'm across the room from it looking at it, it looks really good, and it's going to look great when it's on the table as well. Um, when I'm holding it in my hand under my um, my 
I don't even know what the power output of this big stupid light is. I've got massive hobby light, and the the model's in my hand six inches from my nose. It doesn't look very good. It looks all right. Not never going to win any prizes. But once it's all on the table, all coherent, I'll get the transfers on. It'll look brilliant. Yeah, very um, very important to remember that when you're painting under a decent light and looking at it, you know, at the end of your nose, is that no one's going to look at it like that in that environment. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I've been a bit hung up on oh, marines are supposed to be sharp and all that. Actually, no, no one cares. I've I've got my um, quickly painted finished army will be a million times better than the guy who has won a golden demon with his one model and has thirty grey plastic marines to go with him. Yeah, I, I think that there's it's a lot of pressure for you know the, to be and 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 the marines do look sharp when they're you know edge highlighted but that is not an easy or a quick thing to do and you know that doesn't make or break them being painted on the table so yeah i mean i've got dry brushed armies you know that was what i was doing with my my lizard men that are now my seraphon i did they still look good you know they look good on the table it's a table army and so yeah i think you know they're they're They've got good strong colour. There's some unit colours that match throughout. Transfers, nicely based. Painted edges to your base. They'll look fab. Yeah, and I think with the with the advent of the internet and you know sharing things and and people you know being very uh, not critical but you know putting one's models open for criticism. You know taking decent close up pictures of them. It is very easy to see the faults in the painting rather than getting them out in a in a hall where you might display them in a, at a tournament and you know with not so great light. Uh, not saying that you should let poor light excuse uh, poor painting but you know if if you do want to get it tabletop ready that's fine and I did that with my with my primary marines you know I painted the first the first five intercessors with a uh, line uh, line wash you know pin washing very very carefully with uh, non oil and then uh for the other 20 or whatever it was i just i just sloshed uh wash all over them and used a, a wet um uh, cotton bud to kind of dry the majority of it off but um uh they are they do look a bit a bit scrappier sure but i'm just i'm just going to weather that i'm just going to weather it with uh with chips or you know dust or powders or whatever it is and it's going to look cool on the tabletop because it's a massively bright green and that's what's important to me personally because i'm not entering them on, on competition so yeah it's definitely important to uh, to bear that in mind when you're painting all and for the dry I, rush yeah and i think i think people um don't always realize that you know the golden demon stuff will easily spend 100 200 hours or something on the one model so how can you ever expect to compare that to a tabletop army you know it's never going to be the same so yeah just paint them to your happy and enjoy playing them exactly exactly cool yeah that's what i'm going for Cool. So there we have it. That's the news uh, and our hobby progress. I've uh, yeah, I've done a little bit of work on my Primaris Marines. I've assembled a Redemptor and uh, I've started assembling a Chaos Warpsmith. But uh, as I say, I'm not sure actually having looked at the uh, data sheet whether he's going to work in the list. But who cares? I've got four knights to back him up, so it'll be fine. 
Right, so I think what we'll do now is we'll go on to the uh, the main part of the episode, which, uh, because we've uh, already spent an hour wittering on about hobby, what we'll do, Ben, is I think we'll focus on focus on what adds to Dark Imperium with the, uh, you know, we seamlessly segued from the Redemptor into probably more Redemptor chat, um, but probably focusing on the rules now, and then we'll go into questions from Twitter, and Steve and I can uh, pick up our... Uh, our um, data sheet reviews and, and uh, synergies and stuff like that we can do that in another episode so ben talk to me about what you have armed your redemptor dreadnought with but more importantly i know you said all the daca but why was there a <laughs> was there a rules-based decision there or was it just because they looked cool so before i get into that what what i think we're going to go with is just a bit on why we've ended up with the redemptor other than the fact that it's brand new and i've got one um, I was aiming for something like this. So the reason a Dreadnought is a cool choice is because I think the tanks uh, are generally a cool choice to go with a lot of foot sloggers, what you've got already. So when you start looking at what's in the book and what you can include, um, the transports are a problem, aren't they, for Primaris? Is is this a thing? Is it They, they can't go in anything, can they? They can't jump in a Rhino. Can they, can they even get in a Land Raider? Not yet. They can't yeah, get in a Land so, Raider. The only thing they can get in at the moment is the Repulsor, which is an out. Exactly. So this is where I ended up with what I need to do is just bring a, a gun platform of some sort. So maybe a tank, maybe a Dread or something like that. Maybe I could have bought a Combat Dread, I suppose. But and that was where my thinking was, was going of just like something big and chunky to be a distraction in your games, look good on the table, um, and kind of do some stuff that the, the normal Marines don't. Because like the Marines that you get in the starter, they all do a slightly different roles and they all have a different thing. But essentially, they're all just dudes in power armor. It might be big, stretchy power armor, make them a bit taller, but it's still dudes in power armor. So going with a Dreadnought was a good shout, I think. And then looking at... Oh, I suppose that's... That's counting out just jumping into something like a knight or something, you know, out of, um, you know, you, you can take anything really. You've got the whole of the whole of 40k to go towards. But um, assuming you want to stick with an ultramarine army like I'm doing and, you know, proper marine stuff and um, something from the codex, um, a dreadnought seemed a really cool way of going. And then, you know, you look at the different dreadnoughts you've got the options of, and there's quite a few. And this is one of the cool things I thought about codex was just looking at the dreadnought pages and the backstory on them all um, like reading the the story about what makes a contempt to dread really cool i thought that was good i, I really like that um the obviously the redemptor is just a great choice i think because it's the new hotness it's a really big bulky model it's built to go with prime Oris. it just fits right in so to answer your question what did i arm it with and why I went with the guns that, that looked the coolest um, from a model point of view, in my opinion. Um, I'm not a fan of the look of the plasma. I know everyone loves plasma. Um, the rules are really cool. It's really powerful in the game. Um, and it's got a certain... Um, it's got a very striking style to it, how it looks. Um, I'm more of a fan of the you know, the Gatling guns, the, the assault cannon style, that sort of look. Really like that, the belt-fed um, cannons. So that's what I went with. And the other thing is, it's like just buckets of dice. So 
the heavy onslaught Gatling cannon is heavy 12, um, and then the, the onslaught Gatling cannon is heavy 6. So um, strength 5 on them both, AP 1. Um, only damage 1, but you're making up for that with just rolling tons of dice. And it's really nice that when you especially when you're new to the game, if you've got a guy that walks up and goes, well, I've got one gun, roll one dice, or it misses. Oh, that won't be good. Okay, so you guys shoot me back. And then the guy who shoots your back has got 12 dice. It's like, oh, wow, what just happened? So I want to be the guy doing, oh, this guy's going to shoot you. Let me just count my dice. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. There's something, so there is something of... very satisfying about picking up a, a bucket of dice and then, you know, just absolutely smash them on the table and just be like, yeah, I'll just take all of these. Yeah, take these hits, bam. Yeah, and it's not even the case that, um, you know, sometimes when you chuck a bucket full of dice, you you lose the quality. Um, but it's not really the case with this guy. You know, he's, he's BS3 while he's still at full strength. He's strength 5. It's not like you, you're rolling on 5s and 6s to hit or something like that. It's It still does a load of damage, and you roll... You're rolling buckets of dice, and they're all quality shots. Don't get me wrong, you've not got strength 7, you've not got damage D6 and things like that, but um, it still does a job. And Compared to something like you know, your plasma gun at, at strength 8, your, your macro plasma incinerator, strength 9 when it's supercharged, damage 2. It's really cool. It's, it's really good. Um, but you what, you're getting D6 shots, is that? Heavy D6? So... You know, it's you'd be really upset if you rolled a one or a two on that and then missed. Yeah, one exactly. Or two of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of... Or even you know, even on an average, you roll a four and you're probably quite happy. And then threes to hit, you roll a couple of ones and twos. You get two hits. You roll a one to wound, and then someone pops a six to save. And it's not, it's not far off doing nothing. Um, whereas you, you, <laughs> you roll twelve dice and you hit on hit on threes, you shoot at infantry that toughens three or four, it's just going to gun them down in droves. Um, whether you need more infantry killing stuff with your to add to your primary, primary starter, I'm not so sure. But I also generally think if you are adding to a starter, you're probably playing against other people who have similar sort of level of army starter kits and boxes of infantry, start collecting sets. So having this guy in there who's really good at you know, you can shoot a tactical squad of Marines and just gun down most of the unit in one go. It, you know, it's not not dead unlikely that he doesn't do that. Um, so I think he's just good for that level of game, really. However, I do have a question. Um, so, power fire points. Fire away. Ten, fire away. <laughs> <laughs> lots of questions, lots of fire. Um, power points, ten. This I understand. When we go to proper points, not so much. So the Redemptor's 140 points, right? He is, Does yes. not include war gear. So do I have to pay for the points on every weapon option on the model? I believe so. You need so to pay I come for with... a heavy onslaught Gatling cannon, a heavy flamer, an Icarus rocket pod, two fragstone grenade launchers, and a Redemptor fist. That is stupid. I think. <laughs> okay, the, you don't pay for the Redemptor Fist because it's zero points. But yes, it does have a point. And from from what I can see, the, the Redemptor Fist is the only... It's not on any other model, is it? It's just on the Redemptor Dreadnought. Yeah. Um, so it, the fact that it's got a points value, even though the points value is zero, that would tell me that you do have to... You do have to point 
for the redemptive fist. Just looking, flicking through the other dreadnoughts, see if it's on any others. No, it's um, not. That's yeah, why it's called a redemptive fist because it's on a redemptive yeah, dreadnought. Exactly. The the venerable has a a dreadnought combi weapon. Yeah. Um, two attacks. Uh, minus three. Just looking at the different stat lines. So it's just it's just dead similar to the others, really. It's D six damage is quite nice. Uh, so yeah, adding the points for every bit of war gear, even when it's on there as kind of standard anyway. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's how it should have been before Age of Sigmar came along and made everything dumbed down, as people love to tell me. It um, seems it does. When you, you get used right, to it, it it's does a, seem it's jarring, slightly. Isn't it? it does seem slightly counterintuitive. You're absolutely right because you feel like it should come at a base cost. Um, and then you add more to it. But if you think about it, so, you know, points values, this is if you're playing a match play game or a game that uses a points limit, you can use the following list to determine the total co- points cost of your army. Simply add together the points costs of all your models and the war gear they are equipped with to determine your army's total points value. So, as I understand it, that's what you do. And the reason why I think this makes sense, even though it may seem counterintuitive, is that if you were to buy a redemptive dreadnought at 140 points then you want to only add the cost of your gatling cannon as you know let's talk about let's talk just talk about the primary weapon system there you just want to add the cost of the heavy onslaught gatling cannon which as we all know is 36 points so there we go we've got our redemptive dreadnought 140 plus a 36 so 176 now let's say the base cost of the Redemptive Dreadnought was 176 because it comes, you know, in inverse commas, stock with an onslaught Gatling Cannon, then therefore the points cost of the Plasma Incinerator would have to be an upgrade cost, wouldn't it? Because that's that's how it used to be before. You'd upgrade your weapon. So you can take a Plasma uh, Incinerator for an additional X points. What this is saying is that you pay for the chassis and then only pay, it's kind of like pay as you pay as you fire, you only pay for the weapons you're going to use. And that means that the weapons can cost the right amount rather than be an upgrade to a weapon that you've already got. Um, it also means that Games Workshop could go in and tweak the costs of specific weapons without changing the costs of the Dreadnought itself. Does that all make sense? It makes sense. I don't have to like it. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely no. And that's why I use power levels, because I think, it's think, a hell of a lot easier. Go on, Steve. I'm sorry, this, the other thing is, obviously, we've got the data sheet for the Contempt of Dreadnought as we know it now. There may well be a Spaceful variant that's allowed two fists or another version that's allowed... Double micro can, uh, macro you, incinerator. Do you mean the Redemptor Dreadnought? Because you did say Contemptor. Sorry, Redemptor, yeah. And as we all know, there is a very, very significant di- difference. Do yes. we need Do we need to send you a Dreadnought recognition guide? Yes, please. Silhouettes. Because I believe of... there is one on the Games Workshop. Silhouettes. <laughs> Such a designer. <laughs> like a, like a kind of like a Soviet, Soviet forces recognition guide or something from the, from the 80s. <laughs> So I can know the difference between a, a bare Russian reconnaissance plane and a redemptor dreadnought. Exactly. So back to my homework. 
would a Redemptor be a good shout, do you think? Rate my rate my list. Rate your list. I think that um uh you know the Redemptor Dreadnought is you're right. You have added a bit more infantry killing power to a very, very infantry killy list, but that's because you're using purely the starter set models. I think your your infantry uh will outgrow your Sorry, no, I think your Redemptor will prevent itself from being outgrown by your list, if that makes sense. So you might change what infantry you take and the weapons that they use, but I think you'll always have... Um, there, there will always be a place for a gun platform that can dish out the pain uh, at range. Um, yes, yeah, the dice thing, you know, if you roll low on the plasma shots, um, yeah, I think you've got a point there. Certainly that's exactly what I armed it with. I went for double double Daka, double Gatling, Um but uh yeah i think you know if you look at look at what's coming uh you've got uh plasma inter- uh inceptors so you know you've got a kind of high high damage there rather than than high volume uh you've got um the repulsor tank coming with las cannons uh or las you know sort of heavy heavy weapon heavy gun platform so yeah you can start to add to it in the future with a kind of high quality damage output uh, realm of units, whereas I think now that you've got high quantity, uh, that that's uh, that's good. Yeah, I liked it. I also like the fact that one model shoots. What, what did we say? Heavy twelve, um, and then heavy six. That's eighteen. Um, Stormbowers is rapid fire two. Is it? Is that two Stormbowers? Uh, two Stormbolters. So that's rapid fire two. It's got that twice. So that's four. So that's 22 shots. And then it's got an Icarus rocket pod. And that is heavy D3. So we could have up to 25 dice all hitting on three plus from this model. Yeah, very, very cool. And in fact, even even more shots when you're close range, because, of course, you can uh, rapid fire your storm bolters. So you can uh, Uh, fire four shots at 12 inch. I think Uh, the other things as well, if you're going to look at it as in sort of value for money at power levels... If you look at the Intercessor Squad, which has got an inferior bolt rifle that does go out to 30, but at long range, that squad of five is only going to give you five shots for six power. So that means you're going to need to buy two squads. That only gives you 10 shots at long range for 12 power. And that's only... Intercessors are, uh, are five power. But we're still looking at quite good value there because you're getting 18 shots plus the storm bolters. Yeah. And you're getting 13 wounds instead of 10 wounds. Yeah. So I think. And if you get someone into 24 inch range, it's just like all hell broke So if you get into 12, if you get into 12, it's not really an issue because like your army's shooting it and, you know, it's not. I don't. Maybe not, but I, I think the, the sweet spot that twenty-four addition that that amount of pain at twenty-four inches when you get that um, the onslaught cannon as well as the heavy cannon in there, so it's a good place to be. Plus, plus we all know everything can hurt everything now, and the new rules. So you've got you know it's not two d six shots; it's twelve shots. You know which you've got with you know, marine shooting a good chance of them getting hits. And then you're just making people, you know, make those three up saves 
or you know that become four ups or two ups that become three ups and they've just got a lot to save and that's how you're going to whittle them down so i i think it's a solid choice yeah i faced uh some custodes over the weekend and uh, they've got a two up save with a three up invulnerable and three wounds apiece and i think uh if i'd had a if i had my um my redemptor built at that point it would have been uh would have been nice to use because I was really, really lacking in the kind of heavy DACA to really bring them down. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like shooting something like that with a plasma cannon. It's just what a waste. Yeah, because it goes from a two up to a three up. It's like great, you know, all that, all that point, all the points or power you've paid for your your rend four plasma um, is is kind of pointless because. It just only gets, it treats it as a red one, so you might as well fire your red one weapons at them a thousand times, <laughs> yeah, all the times. <laughs> and again, the other cool thing is that you know, with the change of the um, bravery tests, I've forgotten what they're called now. Um, leadership morale, leadership morale at the end. If you start hosing down units and you start really hitting them hard with these 18 plus shots especially when orcs, your minus one's going to take away any save. I mean, gene stealers, they go from a five to a six, and one, over, one pip makes a massive difference. So, you know, you start taking five or six models off, then those tests are really going to start making a difference at the end. So, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, I think it's cool. Very cool. Steve, you mentioned something, uh, interestingly, uh, you mentioned something about the... Uh, intercessors you mentioned the bolt rifle um of course in the in the new book there's actually three weapon options which uh, gives something exciting away in that when the box comes out the new box comes out we're going to have we're going to see different bolt rifle options um but yeah what do you think to these three variants so auto bolt rifle 24 inch range assault two strength four ap nothing damage one Bolt okay. rifle, thirty inch range, rapid fire one, strength four, AP one, damage one, or now this is the interesting one, stalker bolt rifle, which sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, already I like this. Yeah, thirty six inch range, heavy one, strength four still, rend sorry, AP two damage one wow okay so can you imagine a unit of 10 intercessors because you know intercessors that everyone thinks are primaris tax you know fine fine whatever but yeah they've got they could have ap2 wet guns yeah that's cool yeah yeah that's that, very that's cool gonna, that's gonna make chaos marines a bit more scared isn't it yeah it doesn't matter that they can't take plasma because uh you can take uh stalker bolt rifles yeah admittedly you've got you've got and the uh, whole unit can take them as well yeah it's the whole unit and for every five <laughs> models in the that's unit how, that's how you sell your box sets even though they're in the starter <laughs> exactly you give them cool guns <laughs> and for every five models in the unit you can take an auxiliary grenade launcher which um allows it to fire grenade weapons up to 30 inches so you can fire your frag and crack grenades 30 inches nice so very, very much looking forward to seeing those uh, those models because um, 
bolt rifle variants will look cool but also yeah having a unit of five or ten of them with uh uh you know firing ap2 bolt rifles at heretic astartes is going to end in a lot of pain i think is that is that the last thing in the book we've not seen Seen everything else, right? I everything think so. Book. Yeah, because they they, yeah, they so recently I guess, leaks the. Um, I guess these must be out in two weeks' time. No, so if the book is out to get your hands on this Saturday, I guess they must go pre-order Saturday as well, because otherwise people will have a book. No, because with the, no the, models. so it's it's no? the books the books released sort of now as of now. Uh, then it's Chaplains and Apothecaries and Repulsors pre-order now. They're released in a week, and then that's when the I assume the intercessors are going to go on um, on pre-order. So it'll be two weeks from release. Mm, okay, that's cool. Very cool. I'll definitely be picking up a box of them. Um, and uh, yeah. So on the matter of chaplains and apothecaries, what do you think to that model? I didn't like them as much as the the previous week's releases. Oh, get the, out. The, get out. Yeah. Ben, oh. ben, stop talking. <laughs> Steve. Steve, what do you think to those uh what do you think to that chaplain? Yeah, no. I I think he's just I think it's just the, the layers of he's detail. He's bad. And I don't mean yeah. I don't mean the way Ben thinks he's bad. He's bad as in like, I don't know, street bad, yo. Um, yeah. He just and, looks and like a an absolute beast. And I love the kind of dark black tan leather jacket, how he's been painted, that kind of skirt that he's got. It's just, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I he, wouldn't, he I wouldn't looks... tell him he's got a skirt onto his face. No, no, no. I say you said it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think I think for me, they're just the character, you know, that we know about these guys and then they just layer it on and... Yeah, I, th- I think they they look great. I think you know they'll be plastic, so you can always just fine tune them for your chapter or whatever you're doing. Um, yeah, uh, I I just knocking it out of the park. I think it's just I think I don't know what it is. Whether it's just the fact that we've got that little bit more articulation, or whether they're just the newer models, but they just seem to have that little bit more character to them. They're just a little bit less kind of stock i don't know what that means but they just bring something with them i think these new models yeah i i I really like him and the uh the absolver bolt pistol looks very very cool and that's a 16 inch pistol one strength five ap1 damage one it's just a a strength five pistol he's uh he's dishing out the pain in close combat yeah no the ability to shoot that absolutely yeah um, one thing, one thing we haven't mentioned, because uh, you're the marine guys, are going to be getting some aggressors. Ah, oh, yeah, we haven't mentioned those, and and I was very, very excited to see that uh, they can be taken with the flamestorm gauntlets as well, because they were in the um, the recent uh, Dark Imperium book, weren't they? Uh, they were toasting people with flamestorm gauntlets. Uh, but the, the, the pictures that we saw were only um, of the uh, auto bolt storm gauntlets. Uh, yeah, so you've got two options there. You can have auto bolt storm gauntlets and or flame storm gauntlets, as I say. Uh, bolt storm gauntlets are assault six, um, strength four, AP nothing, damage one, or assault um, 
sorry, Flamestorm Gauntlets, which are 8-inch range rather than, rather than 18. Uh, assault 2d6. So on average, you're looking, you're looking 7 compared to 6, but, you know, with the potential to go up to 12. Um, and then... Uh, Strength four, AP nothing, damage one again. But of it's course, it automatically hits. So you know, bit of a not sure what you'd want. I suppose if you if you're going to put them in a repulsor, you've 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 got a kind of similar thing to Thunderhammer, Storm Shield, Terminators of old in a, in a Land Raider. You know, put these guys in a repulsor, and it doesn't really matter that they've only got eight inch range because you're going to be cruising a repulsor up max speed into the enemy lines and unloading a bunch of aggressors to uh, have barbecued uh, Tyranid or something like that. <laughs> and of course, both both gauntlets, both sets of gauntlets can be used uh, with a melee version um, to bonk people on the head. And uh, the stat line's the same. It's uh, melee range, strength times two, AP three, damage D3, uh, and minusing one, much like a power fist, um, minus one from the hit roll. Um, but the... The exciting thing about Flamestorm Gauntlers is that you can fire twice if they remain stationary during their turn, and that includes firing Overwatch. And of course, <laughs> uh, Flamestorm Gauntlers hit automatically, so you don't need to roll sixes to hit in Overwatch, do you? Um, mm-hmm. So if you can get these guys still um, up, it's it's a bit of a weird one because. It's a very, very powerful tool to prevent Overwatch or, or you know, a very powerful Overwatch mechanism, but you probably want to be moving them to the enemy. So uh, how often that's going to happen, not sure. But, yeah, it's certainly going to make you think twice about charging them, isn't it? Remind me their power level. Uh, they're six per three. Because if you sit them on an objective, no one's really want to try and get them off, are they? Was that heavy breathing, deep in thought, or was that just yeah, kind it of was. Uh, that was a, a very, very <laughs> <Excitement>. enthusiastic <laughs> aggressors, oh, <laughs> flamestorm gauntlets? You <laughs> <laughs> little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But yeah, no, I, I think yeah, for six points to sit on a on a contested objective or an objective that you know that's in the middle of the table or maybe a bit more on your side someone's going to look somewhere else before they try and rush those aren't they yeah yeah you wouldn't want to be uh, yeah if you stick these in cover you're on you're on a two-up save and you're not going to be assaulted so uh yeah definitely some uh definitely need some firepower to shift there uh, definitely uh something that you could use a um a dreadnought for armed with uh, lots of dacker eh ben for sure, for, for sure. sure. So, which if you if there was only one aggressor squad, what which one would you go for, or is it um, too tough to choose? Is it like you you choose the option that suits your army best? I, I just like flame weapons, so I would. It's for for me, it's flame storm immediately, um, just because. I mean, just look, you know, bottom of our page, one hundred and fifty-seven. You've got some. Uh, you know, three. They remind me of firebats from StarCraft. If uh, either of you have to played that game, need a light. Um, what about yourself, Ben? What would you go for? It's weird, right? Isn't it? You know, when you pick up your two dice, two d six, and you, your opponent says to you, "I'll give you six right now," and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> no, no, I roll four. Oh, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Well, you've got it. You've got it all wrong there, Ben. You've got to. I'll give you. I'll give you six now. Take your six. And I'm going to take these two d6 and I'm going to make a twelve. <laughs> Bear in mind, I play I play Moonclan Grots in AOS, so uh, 
Uh, yeah, you, you're not going to get that answer from me there, mate. What about yeah, yourself, mate. Steve? Yeah, my kind of inner 12-year-old would want one of each just to have one of each. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think at the moment what we're seeing is the, these guys, yeah, I would have them up close and personal. I, have, I would have them wrestling people off objectives or just sitting them on objectives. So, um, and ultimately, yeah, the... the once they're deployed, once they're out there, you know, you're not running across the battlefield anywhere particularly quick. So, again, I think for me, people are going to come to you. You're not always going to get what you want as a charge. And to have that, um, you know, auto hit snap fires, I think it's just it's, it's just another psychological thing. The person's got to look at it and they got to say, OK, well, I'm going to get the charge. I'll get to fight first. But. If I lose a couple going in and then I've fluffed my attacks, which we've all done, there's still three dudes with whacking great big fists that are going to batter me. So I think for me, that's where this this, this game gets clever and that you, you just, you, you can kind of put these walls out there that, and, and, and again, for me, the, these aren't, rub, these aren't bubble wrap, you know, they are going to be a shield. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I about big this units? Is, this is Imagine, well, six nine with flamers. Only uh, only up to only up to six. Ah, six of them with flamers, yeah. just barreling at someone. Okay, you got to move around me and not charge, or you got to charge me and take all this fire. Useful tool for aerial denial, definitely. Six is strong. Go on, do that, Ben. What you need in your army is more anti-infantry firepower. <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll take my knights and we'll see how that goes. Gary Head and see it's so gonna smash you. I'm gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> I'm gonna be so disappointed. Although bear in mind I've never used the knights in this edition, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. Reaver squads. Let's talk about those very briefly. And yeah, as I say, we're not gonna do a full review um with all the all the details, but we're just gonna cover the the new stuff. Um Obviously, we saw the Reavers in their first format when we had the easy, easy to assemble um, uh, three-man squad in the uh, the kind of getting started style packs. Now we've got the the ten-man box, uh, which have got a uh, various different weapons. So, have you seen the submachine gun versions of the bolt rifle, which is the bolt carbine? Yeah, they look pretty cool, don't they? Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty boss. Uh, with that four grip right at the front, twenty-four inch range, assault two, strength four, AP nothing, damage one. Um, yeah, very uh, very fitting for the Reavers. Uh, heavy bolt pistol, of course. You know what what we've seen them before with a, a twelve inch range pistol one, strength four, AP one, damage one. Um, but I think I think for me it's the bolt carbines. Uh, a because of looks and uh, B just because because you can use the. Um, the grappling or the grapnel launchers to get into a decent position and then just sit in cover and shoot things um with your with your bolt carbines and grapnel launchers are uh something that we've seen uh well first of all that's gonna break very very rapidly isn't it have you seen yeah. the model yeah i think it'd be a bit of brass rod to repair to repair it but yeah it's, i mean i think on the table it'll be fine because you know, everybody looks after your models. It's just trying to fit them in some foam and get them home and there and back, really, isn't it? And they'll struggle. I don't know. You obviously are a lot <laughs> less clumsy than I am. But anyway, grapnel launchers. When models with grapnel launchers move, do not count any vertical distance they move against the total distance that they can move that turn, i.e. moving vertically is free for these models. In addition, during deployment, you can set up this unit if it's equipped with grapnel launchers behind enemy lines instead of placing it on the battlefield. 
At the end of any of your movement phase, this unit can join the battle, set it up within six inches of a battlefield edge of your choice and more than nine inches away from enemy models. That's very cool. That's a kind of infiltrating-esque you know, rule there. What do you think to that, Ben? Is that is that? Yeah, it's pretty good. And do they, do they have a rapid-fire weapon? Of course, no, assault, assault, assault two. Yeah, so they can pop up relatively close, shoot you, and then attempt to charge. And if you don't mm. even want to give them grapple launchers, you can give them grav shoots, which is even exactly the same uh, deployment mechanism, but you can put them anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches away, uh, rather than fixed to a board edge. What's the point? Oh, in... Um... Yeah, in points, it'll be different points, I guess, yeah. You yeah. pay more to go anywhere. Pay more, probably pay more to go anywhere. Um, but then, well, I don't know, one's, one's fixed to a battlefield edge, but you've got the movement shenanigans after that, and one's anywhere on the board, but you don't have vertical movement shenanigans. These guys in a, in a city fight game would be really cool, wouldn't they? You can just, you know, can you imagine just, like, launching yourself up to the top floor of a building and just, yeah, very cool, very thematic. I think I think for me the the, the, the board edge uh can be managed by how you deploy so actually being anywhere i think is is actually more of a challenge for your opponent to to work out where you could go so i, I quite like that yeah adds um adds that kind of psychological off off the board game um to, you know element to, to the uh to your opponent trying to trying to give him the uh give him the fear then lastly we've got the primaris apothecary which um also has an absolver bolt pistol which is what the uh chaplain had but more importantly he's got the reductor pistol which is a, a three inch range pistol uh strength four ap three damage two uh and then obviously because he's an apothecary he's got a uh, uh an Arthecium, um which allows him to heal or revive a single model he can select a friendly chapter infantry or bike unit within three inches and if that unit contains a wounded model it immediately regains d3 lost wounds uh, the chosen unit contains no wounded models, but one or more of its models has been slain during the battle. Roll a d6. On a four up, a single slain model is returned to the unit with one wound remaining. Um, it, but if he fails, so on a one, two, or three, he can do nothing else the remainder of that turn shoot, charge, fight, etc., as he recovers the gene seed of the fallen warrior. Uh, a unit can be only the target of the Narthiki mobility once each turn. Now, interestingly, they have FAQ'd this to say that. Um, Models that flee as a result of leadership tests do not count. So you have to have been killed. Uh, so just because your model is nine out of ten, uh, oh sorry, that that doesn't make sense because if you yeah, if if you if you have uh, eight out of ten, um, you can only return one of them. You can't return the second one the next turn because the second one might may have may have run. If that run away, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's a it's one of the rules that make perfect sense. As to why, but from a, a rules perspective, it's a bit weird. If you I know mean, what I mean? Yeah, it, it will be quite a, tricky to keep track. If, yeah, it's if, a rule that's being led by the fluff. Yeah, rather know, than that, how easy it is to implement in the game when you've got you know fifteen different units, some of which have died, some of which have run away, etc. Um, mm. Although I suspect, cool, I suspect if you've uh, if you've killed enough to make people run away, you've probably got people you can res- resurrect anyway. So um, it's probably yeah, a, probably a moot point. But uh, and you can only do one model per turn, so it's, it's hardly ever matters. Um, I like the apothecary. When I first got into um, gaming in the nineties, um, Steve, there you go. Nineties. When was you? Like <laughs> in the forties? Um, <laughs> Eighteen. Yeah. When. <laughs> When I first got in in the 90s, I played 40k and um, I had Ultramarines and I always used an, an Apothecary. 
Um, I don't know why. I think it was. I just wiped the mud up. Um, but yeah, I always used an apothecary. Were they painted red back then? Like the tech machines, or have they always been white? Can't uh, they, remember. They've always been white. They've had sort of red red elements to them. Um, but yeah, apothecaries are white. Uh, librarians are blue. Tech marines are red. Chaplains are black tra- traditionally. But um, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen a few variants. So there we go. There's a there's a brief a brief canter through some of the the new elements of uh, of the uh, new Codex Space Marines. So questions from Twitter. Uh, we've had quite a few, so we'll, we will rattle through these because we're conscious we're uh, you know well well over an hour and heading into two almost. Um, first one from at London Franchise says, "I'm a noob in his thirties who finds Games Workshop stores creepy, lots of kids, and gaming clubs intimidating. Uh, none of my friends are interested. What's my move?" Um, and then I I asked him another question about where he's located specifically in London. He's he's Richmond in Lo- in Surrey, so just outside London. If you live in Richmond in Surrey, and you want to to host uh, this London franchise chap at your um, at your gaming club to make it slightly less intimidating, then uh, then get in touch. He's at London Franchise on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I would uh, my recommendation would be either get in touch with your local games workshop manager, uh, see whether they do a veterans night. You know, an evening of uh, of gaming where it's kind of um, you know the, the older older crowds, um, or or even just get in touch with him and see whether th- there's any local clubs he'd recommend that are you know receptive. Join join their page on Facebook. Um, get in touch with them. Talk to them. Talk to people on Facebook first, so you kind of understand and you can line up games so that when you when you rock up on the evening, it's not just you there with your models looking around uh, without a game. You've actually got someone who you're going to go meet and who can introduce you to people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's probably uh, the best way to go about getting into a gaming club if it's a bit intimidating to go in as as, as a new person that doesn't know anyone. Any any points there, lads? Uh, I could add. I mean, I don't know London very well. I imagine it's quite an area to cover if you're trying to travel across it. But how far is um, how far is he out of like going to Dark Sphere or somewhere like that? Is it an hour drive, maybe, or an hour commute either way? Uh, it's probably a train, uh, a train effort. Yeah, now that Dark Sphere's moved, so he could he could train he could um, from Surrey he could go into London and then tube line out to Dark Sphere, and it might be a massive effort. But if he plans ahead and allows a full evening for it, it's even if he has to travel an hour or more each way, it's not the end of the world. So finding that, what I'm saying is find somewhere that you know is good, um, like a, a hobby centre or something like that that you know is going to be a welcoming environment and make a trip. Um, or sorry, so what else is on? I'm sure. On I'm sure. Area? I'm sure there'll be. There'll be gaming clubs. There's, there's, there, there will definitely be gaming clubs, a, a variety of them. So, uh, so get, you know, get involved in their Facebook pages and, and work out which ones, uh, whether it's geographically convenient or it's got the most, you know, approachable people on their Facebook, you know, whatever. And there'll definitely be a few options. Yeah, I mean, the, the point I was trying to make is don't just look at try and look for something on your doorstep and say, oh, there's nothing on my doorstep, I can't go. Um, look further afield. It's a a road trip is super fun, you know. Go to a gaming club somewhere, anywhere um, that you know would be welcoming, but you have to make the effort, and that's that's the main thing. If you really want to go, no one's going to come and set up a game gaming club on your bottom of your street. You're going to have to get out there and find it and do it, and um, you know, just just pick somewhere that looks fun and go. It, it, you'll have a good night. You'll have a good time. Moving on to uh, next question. Uh, Gaz underscore T. Gaz Taylor asks thoughts on the changes with the FAQ uh, with the FAQ. Uh, I think we've kind of covered that. 
Um, he says, it's a good thing, but do you think it's a slippery slope and will gamers expect this all the time? Um, yeah, we covered that very uh, sort of at, at length at the beginning. Um, I'm not sure whether it's going to happen lots and lots. I think it was probably you know a reaction to something we saw at the beginning and, and it will probably go back to a more levelled response to a slow, slow time. Um, but next question from the same chap. Um, what do you want to see as part of the next lot of codexes? Uh, ben, what, what codex do you want to see that hasn't been announced? I'd like to see something from Eldar. Yeah. Um, has that been cool. announced? No, it hasn't been announced yet, but I suspect mm. that'll be one of the one of the ten before Christmas. What about you, Steve? Orcs. We want to see the orcs. We want to see the orcses. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. See some uh, see some interesting ones uh, in either of those two. Um, Nick, Nikos Pert, uh, just underscore Nikos, asks, uh, what's your favourite unit so far, Ben? You know what? I, I really like the... Um, just the bog standard bolt rifle primaris marines i think they just they just look really cool they had, we've already talked about you know the, the weapons options they've got in the new book it's kind of like the space marine tactical squad um the, the marines the new marine came out and everyone was a bit like oh yeah they look really cool they're a bit different but they're not that great in the game but then when you look at those weapon options and um, it's kind of like the tactical squad on crack, isn't it? It's got a ton of options. They can do a load of different stuff, um, and they are just like the bread and butter of the Marines. They're gonna, you're going to be seeing a lot of them on the table, I think. Yeah, I uh, I can't see uh, if you're if you're buying new into 40k, I can't see much reason to go tactical if you can go intercessors. Steve, what about yeah, that's you? It. What's your favourite unit? Uh, the Mecha Dread Forge World Big. Oh, such a lovely model, isn't it? It looks great. It does lots of things. It can buff units around it. I think for me, it's kind of that really good multi-purpose tool. Um, yeah, and it intimidates the other players because it just it looks so big. So yeah, I've enjoyed that the most so far. Brilliant. Um, and then he asks, what's our favourite deployment map? I certainly haven't played enough games to decide on a favourite deployment map, but I don't like diagonal ones or fancy ones. I do like simple ones to set up just because I'm lazy. What about you guys? I played um, one of the narrative ones that in a U shape. It's an ambush. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it looks terrifying. Um, and the you're inside the U as the person getting ambushed and you have to get off the other end of the table. Um, but actually it, it ended up being much more balanced than I imagined it was going to be. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, the fact that you just have to huddle up in the middle there and hope to survive first turn, um, it's not fair it's not equal but it was great fun to play what about yourself ben have you uh have you played enough to have a favorite no 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 idea yet <laughs> we'll see <laughs> all in good time so legends of the warp that's at legends warp which is a new 40k uh, podcast uh run uh, by some friends of ours uh if you can have any primark return for 40k who would you choose and why ben which primark would you like to see it's Got to be Sanguinis, doesn't it? He's because dead. That is, <laughs> yes, oh, but oh. It, the the rules are all off. Everything, the, <laughs> right. Everything's right, off. That's it. Right. Everything is on the that's, table. No, no, no. You've just you've, because it'll nope. take the most. Nope. I will be. I will be very upset. Even even though I love Blood Angels, I'll be very upset. I, I can't see how that's going to happen. I don't know. You're right. Anything could happen. It's new 40k. 
He's a vampire, isn't he? Don't they just oh, like just poof, sparkle? Yeah, <laughs> sparkle, Yeah. Oh, Get dear. glitter paint. Games Workshop new glitter paint. <laughs> right, that's it. Ben won't be appearing on the next episode because he's been banned. <laughs> um, Not even joking. <laughs> Steve, what about you, Primark? Uh, uh, I my knowledge is no good to whether he's alive or dead, but uh, Vulcan, but because I. If I was going to do Marines, they'd be salamanders. Well, you know, Vulcan... Alive or Vulcan, dead, hey? That's the whole point of Vulcan, isn't Vulcan it? Vulcan lives, as the saying goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, for me, to be honest, I'm going to I'm going to cop out here. My, my 40k Primark's back. Magnus is back. I got very, very excited when Magnus first came out. Um, and uh, I'm probably, you know, but a mere... But, but a codex away from doing a Thousand Suns army. Um... Yeah, so uh, that's a bit of a cop-out answer there. But yeah, Magnus is probably one of my favourite Primarchs. Ben Munro at xbenblasterx asks, do you think you'll be more likely to use points over power level when list building after you've played more games? Um, <laughs> no, I like Said power no level. one ever. <laughs> <laughs> I like power level. I'll, I'll play points uh, if I go to a tournament with points. But to sort of honest, forces you. I, yeah. I'm just going to stick to power level. It's, it's so much easier uh, and it's just, you know... I don't. I don't play in an environment casually. Such a drag. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, once I start taking my, my socks, shoes, and socks off to get up to twenty, it starts going a bit bonkers after that. So um, I tend to stick to uh, power levels. What about as yourself? Soon as then? An, yeah, as soon as there's an app, that'll all change. Oh yeah, yeah. If they if they release a decent app, then then that changes. But um, Steve, you're the same, aren't you? You're power level through and through. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think there, there Power will Gamer be... Power through and through more like, off the back of the podcast. But... <laughs> I mean, there will be things that, you know, can be maxed out that will skew it, but yeah, my games are never based around that being super fair or super equal, so what looks good, what tells the story, um, power level, as long as we're in the same ballpark, then let's go, you know. This is, uh, now this, Ben, you'll, uh, you'll like this one. Ready for some controversy? Skillshot, mm-hmm. which is at Skillshot underscore games, asks, would you guys frown on me for using my Imperial Fists as other chapters? Because I think they have bad tactics slash stratagems. No comment. No comment. <laughs> I'm frowning. <laughs> I'm frowning, but there is no comment. Um, yeah, so this is Warrior Cham- Stormcast Warrior Chambers all over again. Yeah, it's just a weird one, isn't it? I mean, well, first of I all, know. I don't no. think. First of all, I don't think Imperial Fists uh, chap tactics are bad. I think they're very, very good. Um, I think so. Part of me says is it's kind of like right, Imperial Fist, Bolter Drill. You know, you should be using the chapter tactic for your chapter, but at the same time, um, I also think that if you wanted to run, you know every chapter will have have bike squads and if you wanted to represent a blood angels scouting party that just consists of bikes i don't really see the problem in using say white scars chapter tactics for a blood angels bike army because you just at the end of the day yeah they're painted red and white scars aren't red etc etc but i don't know a little part of me does want to say it's your hobby you do what you want you know, there's always going to be people that are going to frown on you. And if, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, then people are going to roll their eyes. 
but what I described there was a narrative or hobby reason for doing it. You know, if you're just doing it to get an advantage, then I don't know, pe- people will always have, have an issue with that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's your hobby. So don't ask us, you know, don't don't take the fact that, that, that you know, Ben's quietly seething, um, you know, <laughs> do do what you want. Yeah, I think you've hit nail on the head there. I mean, if if the intent is to bring to life the models you've created or the story you're trying to tell, then I would not have a problem for that. If you're trying to min-max things and then, I, I, you know, again, it depends. If, you, if your opponent is doing the same and that you're just both enjoying playing the game in that sense of, you know, how can I wring the very most out of these 10 guys and I'm not too worried, then that's your game. Yeah, play it. Um, yeah, take ownership of it. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and just... uh, yeah, Ben. That's important, isn't it? It's it's whatever you do, take ownership of it. So, you know, if you are going to do that, just a be aware some people might whinge about it, but also b just say yeah, that's what I'm doing. And as long as people, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't actually matter, does it? You know, because the rules exist. You know, if you before you'd taken out the box, them out of the box, if you'd said I'm about to use my imperial fists and they are a successor chapter and painted red then your opponent would be fine. And you take them out of the box and they happen to have blood droplets on them, then what, your opponent's suddenly not fine with that? You know, it, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on, I think, before we, uh, we go down to a, a, a black hole. Uh, Drono at DR0HNO asks, um, I'm starting a Genius of the Cult. I was wondering, what should I equip my Neophyte hybrids with? Drono, I'm very sorry, but I've not actually looked at the Neophyte hybrid scroll, um, but we will, when we record next time, we will have a look at the Neophyte hybrid scroll and give you a decent uh, a decent answer based off some decent assessments rather than rushing it. Irish Dave at DavidPaws83 asks, do the primary Space Wolves and Blood Angels still have their fellow chapter mates problems? Uh, I, Wolfen and Redthirst of Black Rage? Yes, um, but to a slightly lesser extent. So the, the Primaris creation process has smoothed some of those issues out, but they are still there in part. Another another Primaris question from Chris Young at Chris Young, uh, sorry, at Chris Young, nineteen eighty four. Should all Primaris forces have a tactical disadvantage if they don't use normal Marines? Steve, what do you think there? Um, I believe listening to some of the background that. There is friction between some of the normal Marines and some of the tact- the new Primaris forces. Kind of, who are these new guys turning up thinking they're all that? They weren't there in the day kind of thing. So I think for me, that makes sense. That, you know, if there is this rivalry or grudge between them. But ultimately, they're all Space Marines fighting for the Emperor. I don't see there being a tactical disadvantage if... Grey Knights are supporting Inquisitors or, you know, I, no, I don't think so, unless there is a specific chapter-specific grudge that exists. There are some chapters have been all but wiped out, so they've only got primary, you know, the, the, the majority of them are primary Marines now, so you're right, I don't think there should be a disadvantage at all, and, and actually... Because the models are so cool, I think it should be encouraged to take more. And another question from him. Is it correct for a marine using a sword made from a toned scythe to yell, stop hitting yourself, while stabbing them in the face? (laughs) (laughs) As a previous Tyranid player... Bad form. Well, as a previous Tyranid player, I feel like I should be outraged, but this is a size of the Emperor thing, isn't it? I don't know this one. 
yeah, I think it's a size of the emperor thing, um, which is a, a a chapter I am very very interested in because they they're getting a lot more limelight at the moment, aren't they? There's a new Black Library book, isn't there? About the size of the emperor. Yeah, I think so. Have I seen that go by? Uh, yeah. The Unknown Painter, who's at Pestilent Truth. So that's uh, that's my friend Joel, who I played with uh, over the weekend, who took his um, filthy custodies army and uh, and smashed my blood angels around the board a bit. Uh, have you been rewarded by well-rounded fluffy lists as much as skewed or spam ones in 8th? Uh, well, I've not run any skewed or spam lists, Joel, uh, so I haven't spammed custodies like a, like a cheesy player would, uh, so I wouldn't know. Um <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, any of us have played any uh, particularly skewed spam ones at the moment. So uh, maybe something to revisit at a later time after a few more games, right? It's all everyone's talking about, right? What's this um, brimstone horror spam I'm hearing about? Ah, oh, I don't know. Okay, but... so is it? What is it? The units of thirty brimstone horrors um, with four pin vulnerable save, camped on objectives, and you have like five units of them um, with one blue horror in there to make them all a wizard or something. Um, in target allocation, you can't actually hit the blue hole until the broomstones are dead. Um, and then, yeah, just a thousand of them. It's the ETC list, isn't it? Every team's got it. I just, I just have no interest in playing that uh, that kind of game. It just kind of doesn't doesn't really interest me. Um, I don't know about you, Ben. You're uh, that's more your kind of neck of the woods. Yeah, it? It, when you when you're in it. It is really fun. Um, I think, you know, when that's your thing and that's all your mates' things and that's what you all play, um, taking that list and finding the counter to it and tweaking and modifying to get the best out of it, it's brilliant. It's one of the best gaming experiences you can have. But it quickly falls down when both players aren't in in it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah, approach like we as we say all all time. Approach the game how you want to play it, and as long as you're playing with like-minded people, then you're you're likely going to have fun. Last one from uh, from Mitzi, who uh, is at Eat Bats Mitzi, um, who's uh, running an Age of Sigmar tournament, Raw Seventeen Realms at War Seventeen, which I don't know whether Steve you you heard of that. Yeah, I've heard it's supposed to be really, really good. <laughs> well, and all the all the organisers are really good looking, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, he asks, especially the distinguished ones. Oh, distinguished! That means old, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, uh, have I stumbled across hashtag forty k filth with my units of four castle and ro- robots and Belisarius call? Uh, probably, but it's probably not as filthy as uh, brimstone horror and blue horror spam as Ben just described. So. Uh, We'll, uh, maybe we'll revisit that question as well uh, uh, in the next episode. We'll go through some of the cool um, Mechanicum stuff because Mechanicum are very cool and I've got a th- I've got a 30k uh, Mechanicum army. Um, of course, it's not Mechanicum these days, is it, in the 41st millennium? It's Adeptus Mechanicus. So we'll go through some of those some of those uh, data sheets in, in a future episode as well. But if, uh, if Mitzi, if you're smashing face with that list, then uh, keep on doing it, bro. Keep on doing it. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, nearly two hours in, is the end of that episode. So thank you very much for bearing with us. Um, If you want to give us any feedback, has this been too long? Do you prefer the shorter episodes or, you know, is is a lengthy episode? Is that cool? Is a nice balance? Uh, What you want, then give us a shout. Um, 
is Steve's microphone, you know, has that fixed all the, all the world or has his shameful knowledge of, of uh, Russian planes calling a bear a recce plane? As, as we all know, it's clearly a bomber. Um, is his poor Russian plane recognition doing your head in? Um, That's you know, what he took from this episode. Do let us know. Do let us know. Don't worry. Wasn't going to let that one fly. No, no plane jokes uh, intended there. But um, yeah. Um, yeah. Do let us know. And uh, the, uh, the email address to let us know is ashes of the imperium at gmail.com and if gmail is um is too old and boring for you then uh, we don't quite yet have snapchat but we do have an instagram a facebook and twitter and the handle for all those three is at aoti 40k so that's the first initials of ashes of the imperium followed by the words 40k or the letters 40k and numbers blah 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 uh, aoti facebook instagram and twitter so get hold of us on your chosen form of social media um like us tweet us at us whatever it is these days give us a shout um we're gonna we've had a few emails from other listeners and some of them have asked for specific episodes to be covered on specific topics so we'll be doing those over the next couple of months um and they're more about sort of gameplay stuff so they're kind of a not time sensitive stuff if you want to get hold of ben on twitter where can they find you ben um at bad dice underscore podcast is the best place for me on Twitter. And you are, of course, running a 40k event later this year, are you not? Yeah, so it's Blood and Glory in Derby, right in the middle of the country, and um, the first weekend in November. And if you want to find more information about that, you can just go to baddice.co.uk and all the links are on basically every page of that website. It shows you how to get tickets for the Blood and Glory event fantastic and steve where can people find you on twitter yeah they can find me at at tin racer steve tin racer steve and in the fairness in in equal even though we're not an age of sigma podcast you're you are running a, an event later this year as well called realms at war are you not we are um, so that's going to be in cambridge and that's the week before uh, Ben's event which is last weekend in october um it's a narrative two-day event um, we're currently full, but there, I think we've got one on the reserve list. So if you're interested, uh, you can find out details on uh, TGA Fantastic. community website. There we go. That is it. So without further ado, gentlemen, do you have any closing points? No, thanks very much. Brilliant. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks happy, for listening. And happy we'll hobbying. On see you on the next one. They shall be my finest warriors, these men who give themselves to me. They will have tactics, strategies, and machines such that no foe will best them in battle. They are my bulwark against the terror. They are the defenders of humanity. They are my space marines.